0: what's up guys welcome to tnt sports talk today is thursday um june 6th as always we are presented by d's home cuts i'm your host travis karcheski it is just me today again truman is away at work i not i expect his work schedule to calm down a little bit and it's going to make it a little easier but like i said on tuesday um it's just me today it's just going to be me today um and i've had a hectic week you know i've been working a lot. We, I've been working this kids camp at the golf course I work at, so I've been working, you know, every single day the last couple of days, and I work through the weekends. So um, this is kind of my therapy. Just get to, you know, talk some sports with my friends here, my buddies, and uh, we'll get through all of the headlines. We need to get through all the. We have a lot of different stuff to talk about today. You know, it's just not straight brass sports. We have some stuff and maybe a couple little debates and topics of, you know, that we need to bring up and talk about. But again. Because of my work schedule, I am recording this on Wednesday night around 7. So the NBA um, Finals has not kicked off. Game 3 has not kicked off yet. Um, So I'm not going to talk much about the Finals because we kind of dove into it on Tuesday's show. So if you want to go back and listen to it on Tuesday's show, you're more than welcome uh, to catch yourself up. But we're not going to talk a lot about it. Obviously, you know, there's a couple things we got to get into. That's why I'm recording this so early is because I, I want to watch this game at 8 o'clock. So I'm trying to get done uh, before the game starts because I'd be way too distracted to do it during it. And um, I am watching the Indians as well right now, too. So I'll keep you updated on that. But, anyways, uh, NBA Finals is tonight, game three. This is the perfect opportunity for the Raptors to steal a game. I think. As early on as it can get this game is going to be you know probably a must win for both teams if the warriors don't win this game the raptors win then the raptors are going to be in the driver's seat and the warriors are going to be a little bit scared i think they're going to for the first time since 2016 be a little nervous about their seat um, as nba champions as defending nba champions that said I think it's more of a must-win for the Raptors than the Warriors because if the Warriors do lose this game, I wouldn't be surprised if they just came back and won three straight once they get healthy. Because there will be no Kevin Durant tonight, and as far as I'm at right now, 6:52 Eastern Time, Klay Thompson has not been ruled out or ruled in yet. So if Klay Thompson's out and Kevin Durant's out, obviously it is going to be a different Warriors team that we've seen in the past because the Warriors. You know, they've played without Kevin Durant, they're used to that, but Klay Thompson is really the glue that holds that team together. Him and Draymond, two of the, you know, underside superstars, you know, obviously behind Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, and I think they are as big, if not a bigger importance to what this Warriors team has accomplished uh, the last couple years. So without Klay Thompson, I think it's going to hurt them a lot, I mean they'll obviously Steve Kerr is a great coach he'll find somebody to replace him and put in the lineup and I'm sure he'll play well and still even without Klay Thompson without Kevin Durant they still have Boogie Cousins they still have Steph Curry they still have Draymond so they still have three all-stars so it doesn't make much of a difference for them but it is going to be something to watch uh on the other side though Kawhi Leonard one of my favorite players in the NBA there was an article released about him the other day and I've heard a lot about this it's A lot of sports reporters are trying to sort of dig in to him and dig into, you know, his past because he's such a quiet and guarded guy. You saw it with Marshawn Lynch in the NFL. Reporters tried so long to get him to open up, you know, other TV networks, all this stuff to try to get him to open up. And eventually he did. Eventually he did crack and, you know, now he's, you know, a big Twitter personality because, you know, he went on Bear grills and all this stuff. So people tried to get him to crack, and he did. Kawhi Leonard, people have been trying to get Kawhi to crack for a long time. And, you know, they went back. The reporters went all the way back to his college days. And they released a whole article about his teammates and what they thought of him. And, you know, nobody had a really a bad word to say about the guy. Because that's the thing is he's a quiet superstar and he just makes plays over and over again. But nobody has a bad thing to say about him. Because he's a nice guy, often on the court. You just don't see his personality come out. And I don't think that's a big issue. You know I was shy in high school. A lot of people are shy. It's just a natural personality type of thing. And it takes some some stuff to get them out of their shell. And I'm not saying Kawhi's like that all the time. I'm sure he's, you know, bubbly and personable when he's with his family, but when he's out in public, when he's on the NBA court, it's just all basketball. That's all he thinks about. He kind of goes into his own head, and he has this sort of Kobe Bryant you know, mentality when he takes the court, and I think that's what makes him so great. And you saw um, they, a couple of the quotes from the article. They said, you know, all he talks about is he's going to beat you. That's all his trash talk. He doesn't really get into, you know, the cuss words and all this stuff, you know, fuck this, fuck that, I'm going to beat your ass, all this stuff. He focuses on the game. You know, he says, "I'm gonna beat you. I'm gonna get this bucket." Some of the stuff he says is a little weird. You know, I'm not defending the guy fully because he says, "I'm gonna get that board man. Board man gets paid." Like he's talking about rebounds there. That's a little weird to me. You know, that's not uh, something I would say usually in a trash talk game. Uh, I'm not much of a trash talker. I would say on the basketball court, football field. Yeah, I really get into it on the football field. Um, when we're playing and I'm lined up a wide receiver and you're a corner or vice versa. That's why I think I could beat Jalen Ramsey because I think I could get in his head because once you get a guy angry, he makes mistakes. And if you can deal with the anger part, you can deal with the first, you know, five or six minutes of anger, just pure anger, you'll be able to beat him all day long because once you start building real estate in their head, you know, it makes it easier. That's why trash talk is so fun. One of the most interesting things though, and this is why I sort of compare Kawhi to Kobe in a certain way, I mean, I think you can make that leap, not on court, because I think their games are different a little bit, not a ton, I think their mentality different in terms of how their play style is, but as far as mentality and focus, I think these two people are right here, and there was one quote from Tim Sheldon, one of Kawhi's college teammates at San Diego State, and he said, so Kawhi had this is the quote so Kawhi had a lamp and on different occasions Kawhi would be late in the gym and the light box would be locked so he'd bring a lamp he put his finger under the door and unlatch it and he'd go in there and shoot with just his lamp that is one of those things those are one of those success stories that you only see from people who are at the top of their game and you saw i've seen a ton of those stories you know Kobe Bryant, you know, waking up at 4 a.m. to go work out when nobody else is there. LeBron James doing the same thing. I mean, you saw another teammate of Kawhi's at San Diego State said, you know, he tried to go, you know, hour for hour with him at the gym and try to get as much work at him as he could, and he just couldn't do it. He said his schedule, and he just didn't have the willpower to just go each and every single day, hour for hour with Kawhi. You see that a lot with superstars in today's world. I think... You know that's why the what makes them so um, different from us, such an outlier, such hard level to achieve. Not only is it hard to reach the NBA, NFL, MLB, but to get to that level of superstardom, it takes a whole lot more of heart and dedication that you do not hear about. You don't. You aren't with Kobe Bryant, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James when they're up at four AM working out in the gym putting up threes. You're not with. you know Mike Trout when he's just sitting back and just hitting t after t after t. I mean, one of my favorite stories is when LeBron uh, got the cops called on him because they said he broke into the gym uh, at his high school, I think, and all he was doing was shooting threes late at night. Cause he just he just had to get that work in. And who was it? it? Was Wayne Gretzky? They asked Wayne Gretzky. You know, a guy came up to him and said, "You know, how can I be? How can I get my son to be as good as you? How can I get him to be as talented as you? Um, how can I get him?" to love the game as much as you do and he said it's just that you can't it's just something you're built with and it's just something inside you it's something you can't create this sort of hunger and this drive and only a tiny tiny percentage of people in the world can really achieve it you know athletes and business and music and art and all of this stuff it's such a hard level to achieve of you know, just pure focus on what you love, on what your craft is, no matter what it is, whether it's podcasting, whether it's painting, drawing, or shooting basketball. To truly achieve it, you have to achieve. You have to go through this level of work and grind like Kawhi, LeBron, all these guys did. And it's almost impossible to just will yourself to do that out of something you really don't like. So I think it's something... Where you have to find your passion. And when you find your passion early enough. That's where you get these type of stories. I mean I think you know once Kawhi stepped on the court for the first time. He fell in love with it. And it just didn't seem like work to him. It didn't seem like work to Kobe or Gretzky or Trout or all these guys. It seemed like fun. And they were just having fun while they were doing it. And that's how it kind of is with the whole podcast thing. I mean yeah we don't have a trillion listeners right now on our show. And yeah it makes it a little difficult each and every single week to get these episodes out because, you know, of our schedules and all of this stuff, you know, we're not making a bunch of money from these episodes. So we got to get jobs. We got to go to school, all of this stuff, but it's not, it doesn't seem like work when I'm coming to podcast. It doesn't seem like work when I'm sitting down here talking into this microphone. It's just, fun to me it's you know it's a blast I love going through the sports it keeps me updated only on sports I love talking about sports I love breaking it down and I don't think you know let's say we're doing this podcast about art I don't think I could will myself to do this each and every single week I could do a couple episodes on art I could bullshit it go online and read some things but art just isn't my passion and it would be you'd be hard-pressed for me to fill up two hours a week with two episodes about art. It's just sports. Sports has just been something since the beginning that I've always loved. And it's the same with Kawhi Leonard. And that's what makes him so great. You don't have to be this bubbly, personable guy. It's Yeah, it's fun for other people. It's fun for the fans. But at the end of the day, if you're working hard, if you're on the court, you know, you're doing your thing all that matters is that you're, you know, winning championships and succeeding and that's what Kawhi's doing. So that's why I don't it's a little bit of a tangent I'm going on, but I truly do not understand why people hate on Kawhi Leonard so much. It's just like yeah, he's a little awkward and yeah, it's fun to make fun of him and yeah, his laughs awkward and weird, but the man just works and he just consistently produces wherever and whenever he goes. Yeah, the whole thing in in San Antonio was weird, but with his whole injury last year, whether or not he was hurt or not, but still at the end of the day, the man is a beast, and I love watching him play. And that's one one of the reasons why he's one of my favorite players in the NBA. You know, I'd put him up there. He's not Carmelo Anthony level um, yet, but in terms of top five players, I love right now in no particular order: Carmelo, Kawhi, Damian Lillard, C.J. McComb. and I don't know. I don't really. I like. I like Steph Curry. I think people. Will hate on me for that, but I like Steph Curry. But those probably that's probably my top five. Although I'd have to put a little bit more thought into it. But at the end of the day, Kawhi Leonard has just continued to produce, and he's one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reasons, as to why the Raptors are where they're at right now. I mean, they obviously they couldn't get there with DeRozan and Lowry, you know, that combo the last couple of years. But this is this is going to be an interesting series. I think if there's one man. Besides LeBron, that could take down the Warriors, I think it would be Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion. Um, speaking of Demar Derozan, he was on, I think it was on Bleacher Report. His talk, they did like a weird talk show. They try to get like, I, don't know, I forget what it's called. It. The premise around the show is to try to ask athletes like weird, you know, awkward questions about whatever's going on. You know, polarizing athletes. And they had Derozan on, and he said he feels like he was, he is the sacrificial lamb. For the Raptors you know he said he him and Lowry you know built it and you know he had to leave for them to succeed and you know I don't I didn't really see the whole clip clip so I could be misquoting him or whatever but calling yourself the sacrificial lamb I think is a fair uh assessment of yourself if you're DeMar DeRozan because they weren't gonna win without you know, a guy like Kawhi. I think Kawhi is the perfect fit for Toronto, and you know, the rumor is that he bought a house in Toronto, and that he's gonna stay, um, which is something I said ever since the trade went down. I think, you know, once you get into the city and you realize, you know, you have a whole country behind you supporting your fans, not just cities. Um, you're gonna love it, and I think he's starting to love it more and more. I think he's having more fun. I mean, he's gotten to the NBA Finals, and. I mean, if I were Kawhi, I'd just ride this thing out. See how far you can take it. Obviously, you're going to need some more. I think you're going to need some more superstars. But it's going to be a fun series. That's why I cannot wait for the game tonight. It's about an hour away. And, you know, I know I'm sort of ranting about Kawhi. But, I mean, I really love to watch him play basketball. And that's why sports are awesome. Anyways, let's talk about another subject in basketball. Anthony Davis. Uh, David Griffin said yesterday or somewhere I saw they said that they are actively actively engaging now in trade talks with other teams for Anthony Davis. And what I've heard, what I've seen is there's a couple teams interested. The Lakers, the Clippers, the uh, Nets, I believe, yeah, and then the Knicks. So four teams right now. Um, if you really want to get into it, I think the Nets and the Lakers are really the only two realistic targets because, um, the Celtics won't give up Tatum. They've already said they won't give up Tatum. So, I mean, I I think without Tatum, that deal is already dead at the water. And what was the other thing? The Knicks. The, The Knicks don't have, you know, anybody worth trading for, trading a franchise level player for. Um, and they just don't really have the pick. Like, What do they have? Five, I think. They just don't have the pick that really gets me going. Or it's, is it three? I can't remember. But they don't have... what? Is, uh, that's going to piss me off. I'm going to have to check. Um, so I'm going to podcast while Googling right now. So it's a versatile skill. Uh, what The next... Some people are probably screaming into the mic right now. Um, I got to look, though, before I can. I try really hard to try and uh um podcast well do third overall okay so they have the third overall so yeah actually you know they do have a nice draft pick but i feel like you need to throw in some players to really you know sweeten that deal that's why i think the lakers make sense because one thing the lakers have the fourth overall it's only one down from what the Knicks have and the lakers i mean they have ingram kuzman uh Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, those are just four of some of the best younger players in the NBA, and I think they'd be willing to give up. I think two if they're going to throw in that first round pick, and possibly four if you know you don't throw in that first round pick. Um, and if I'm the Pelicans, I think David Griffin said he's absolutely he loves Brandon Ingram, so I think Brandon Ingram will be included in the deal. And, I mean, I would go after Kuzman, but if you could get Brandon Ingram and Lonzo in a fourth, the fourth overall, I think that would be a great pickup, and I think that would be worth trading Anthony Davis. I mean, obviously, Anthony Davis is a franchise-caliber player. He is a once-in-a-lifetime type of talent, and he has been a superstar ever since he, he stepped onto the NBA court. And whatever level he goes, he's, he's a star. And he's kept new orleans basketball alive the last couple of years um and so i I don't know I, i i just wouldn't want to trade him but if you have to i think getting lonzo a fourth overall and brandon ingram makes sense if it was up to me i'd try to get kuzma and lonzo but they love brandon ingram for some reason i think kuzma is healthier and honestly just the overall better player but you know i'm not making the moves david griffin is but other than that the nets are the other team That have been interested, and they are, you know, Kyrie Irving is supposedly really interested in signing with the Nets. Um, I'm not sure how that would work with D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie. Um, I think you'd have to move. I don't think Kyrie would be comfortable playing shooting guard, so you'd have to move D'Angelo to shooting guard, which I'm not sure how comfortable he'd be. I mean, D'Angelo just started to come into himself as an NBA player. I mean, I think we saw. We scratched the surface of what D'Angelo could really do in the NBA. And I think disrupting him and maybe moving his positions wouldn't be smart if I'm the Nets. I think the Nets are on a steady incline right now towards the top, and I think adding a guy like Kyrie could completely throw them off. But, again, I'm sitting here behind a microphone. They're sitting there behind a big desk in Brooklyn making the moves. It's not up to me. they could get Anthony Davis, though, and pair him with Kyrie Irving, uh, and you throw D'Angelo Russell into that mix... I mean, they have the players. I think they got a couple of nice pieces. Jared Allen, um, Dinwiddie. I think. Yeah. What's the guy who like completely tore his shit up this year? Um, why can't I think of? Oh, I can't. I, I uh, You're gonna make me look it up. I'm gonna have to go. Who's the guy who completely tore his leg up this year? Uh, but he was actually having a nice season. Nets roster. Let me Google this shit up here. Um, yeah, a lot of Googling today. You can kind of tell I don't have a lot of notes in front of me. Jared Allen, they can trade. Um, I think Jared Allen, Spencer, did with... Where is he at here? Got Allen. Chris yeah, Chris Lavert. Yeah, just instantly comes to me once you start to look at it. Um, they got Allen Crabb. I mean, they have a couple nice pieces and young pieces that I think the uh pelicans would be interested in and so i think really the only the teams that could work is the nake lakers and the nets and i think the lakers make the most sense but again if it is up to me if they were holding me accountable for this trade i wouldn't do it i'd do everything i can to get anthony davis to stay um i mean i'm not sure why anthony davis is so against staying on a team comprised of zion Wilmerson and drew holiday i mean though that's a pretty good one-two punch especially because Zion's ceiling is as high if not higher than Anthony Davis I mean I think that would make sense for him to stay but again I'm not Anthony Davis either uh but as the summer transfolds I think this is going to be something that we have to keep watching I think rumors are going to come out day after day I think a lot of rumors are going to come up that are going to be false uh that's why I don't trust you know these NBA uh Twitter executives. I don't trust their takes and their sources. Uh, For me, whenever it happens is whenever it happens is when it's actually going down in my mind. I don't trust much of the sources and the leaks right now. Um, And we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll do a full NBA free agency preview once that time comes around. But let's move on now to football. Uh, Before that, guys, these home cuts. These home cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only ten dollars, these home cuts will provide you with a professional haircut and styling. Trust me, guys. These home cuts. That's where I get my haircut. That's where Truman gets his haircut. That's where uh, Zach, Brian, Brett. Um, I'm trying to think of more people who have come into the show. A lot of a ninety percent of our guests have gotten a haircut at these at least once or their lifetime clients. Uh, it's easily the cheapest and the best haircut you can get. I mean, why wouldn't you want to go to a place that's cheaper and will give you the better um, product? I think Great Clips is a piece of shit, so why don't you go ahead and go to D's Home Cuts World, treat your hair, treat every single piece of hair on your head with the same kind of compassion and love that you would like from your barber so go check him out on instagram at these home cuts that's where you can find a bunch of videos of different cuts he's done and you can send him a dm asking questions all of this stuff these home cuts guys at these home cuts send him a dm you won't be disappointed these home cuts professional haircuts at a low price football uh, we're in the middle of OTA season. It's mandatory OTA season. Uh, that op- optional tag has slowly dissipated, and it's now mandatory. And you have to show up. If you don't show up, this is where it's really be starting to be a problem. And um, I don't think we have any surprise non-show-ups. I think Darius Slay from the Lions is kind of crazy. Same with Snacks Harrison. They want new contracts. Um, honestly, I think the biggest surprise is Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson showed up yesterday to Browns camp. If you've been following that, Duke Johnson has been asking for a trade ever since they got Kareem Hunt, and they already have Nick Chubb there. So he's trying to get out. He wants to go to a place where he's more valued. He thinks he can get more carries. And um, honestly, that's natural. I, I agree with him. I think bro, most Browns fans would agree. I think you know if a player feels like he can do better in a different situation and make more money make himself more known, You know, all the luck to you. I think that would make sense. Um, But honestly, showing up to training camp to me was a big character sign for Duke Johnson. I absolutely love that. At the end of the day, yeah, you might want to be traded, but you're still under contract. You're still being paid. You still got to show up. If they don't want you there, they'll trade you. You know, your key key to the door still works as long as you're still on the roster so as long as you're on the roster you're showing up and I love that out of Duke Johnson I've absolutely I know the Browns are getting a lot of hate and i know known Browns hater here but I actually love the way the Browns are handling this I think people are sort of shitting on them I think this is kind of a different take than what you'll get from anywhere else I mean you look at Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield you know they both sort of said the same thing where it's like he's here now you know, we'll love him, he's our guy, he's our player, and, um, sorry, I'm watching the Indians, he's our guy, he's our player, and we'll use him as long as he's here, we'll let the, you know, the management, the front office take care of that, take care of all the details, but as long as he's here, we're going to, you know, work him hard, he's going to be in our offense, and we're going to treat him as one of the guys, and we're like, I like what Baker said, he's like, the train's, you know, the train's moving, either get on or get off, and, Maybe that was a little bit harsh. I think you know, I think most people would agree with Duke Johnson. I think most people in the situation would do what Duke Johnson's doing, but um, at the same time, he's got still got to show up for work every day. I mean, if I don't like where I'm working, you know, obviously it's different because I'm not under contract at the golf course, but uh, it would make. Sense if I don't like where I'm working, I should be allowed to leave. And I think Duke Johnson should be allowed to be traded. And I think they'll grant him a trade soon. Uh, his skill set is very unique in today's NFL and it's very highly uh, valued. And I think he'll find a place that could really use him. I think the running back position as a whole is devalued, but Duke Johnson, I mean, I would put him, you know, right under, right to that second level of value. He's not like a superstar player. But his value of being able to catch passes out of the backfield and work well on a committee um, is very is pretty much priceless in today's NFL. So I think he'll find a, an option, and uh, I think he'll find a team. And I think the Browns will get a nice haul for him. Nothing that I think most Browns fans are thinking. I think maybe a fifth to seventh round pick for Duke Johnson would make sense. But any value you can get out of somebody that wants to be traded is good. Um the other news, I guess we could say, is Trent Williams. Trent Williams, superstar, left tackle, when healthy for the Redskins, is asking for a trade. He doesn't care about the money. He doesn't care about his playing situation. I guess he just cares that the Redskins have been treating his medical um, issues poorly in his eyes. So he wants to get traded. He wants to go to a different team. Um, Trent Williams is one of the guys in the NFL I think easily top of my list of guys I wouldn't want to fight he scares the shit out of me um he's huge he's strong he's a trash talker and he's not afraid to speak his mind he scares the shit out of me I would never want to go against him in any sort of drill any level anywhere um but he has been hurt the last couple years and I think that's been oh wow nice play by Mercado there sorry I'm watching the Indians game um we'll get to why and in Indians Indians it's sort of a shit show right now but I'll get to it in a second um yeah, Trent Williams. He has been, you know, a really good player, but as problems with the Redskins the last couple of years has been stemming from the offensive line and their health. You know, they've had a lot of good players. They just cannot keep any of them healthy for whatever reason. And maybe it's because they handle, you know, the whole medical thing wrong. I mean, honestly, if you start to think about it, I mean they've had a ton of injuries on that offensive line jordan reed has had multiple concussions alex smith got an infection in his leg darius geist got an infection in his leg um maybe there is something going on there maybe they just handle their medical things a little bit differently uh i'm not really sure but i think every team every fan every fandom has conspiracies on their team's training staff i mean i know packer fans They, they live and breathe by that um but let's go a little bit down south from Washington to uh, Atlanta, where we are going to do an offseason review for the Falcons today. 7-9 to Falcons last season. Uh, their head coach, Dan Quinn, still there. He is slowly, I truly believe, getting onto the hot seat. I think a bad year this year could possibly result in his firing. They have Dirk Cutter now as their offensive coordinator. The instability at offensive coordinator has been plaguing the Falcons the last couple of seasons. When once Kyle Shanahan left, they hired Sarkeesian, and he was just a mess. And now they got Dirk Cutter, so that's going to be huge to watch out for with them. Dirk Cutter was a highly touted offensive coordinator with his time with the Buccaneers. I mean, they they fired who was their coach? Is it Lovey Smith? Yeah, they fired Lovey Smith because uh, they loved Dirk Cutter so much, and he was going to leave, and they hired him right away i believe it was lovey smith i'm not sure but honestly you go through the 79 falcons offseason and it isn't great i mean granted they didn't need a lot they put a lot of work in on the offensive line which was big they re signed they brought not re-signed brought back in adrian claiborne um really that's the only notable free agent signing to be honest with you um and they lost a lot. They lost Tevin, Tevin Coleman, who's been a huge piece the last couple years. Yeah, they got Ido Smith, who was big last year, stepped up. Because once Devontae Freeman gets hurt, you know Coleman got all those carries. And he's used to a committee system, so he needed somebody to take sort of that load on. And uh, Ido Smith stepped up. So we'll see what he can do this year. I don't think that's a huge loss for them. Um, but once... Devontae freeman goes down let's say he gets hurt to hurt again which is you know really likely i would say i mean who do they have you know behind them their third running back is brian hill who's a practice squad guy a fifth round pick out of wyoming in 2017 and then they have jeremy langford who hasn't been great since his chicago days he's been bouncing around different practice squads so they i think they could have used some more depth at running back but they did not address that duke johnson could make a lot of sense there in my opinion um, but I'm just sort of spitballing here. They also lost Bruce Irvin, who was big last year. They lost Brian Poole. So they lost a lot of players that were key to their team in the last couple of years. But if you look at the Falcons and you look what happened last season to them, I think it all surrounds injuries. I mean... A lot of their big nine players, you know, Deion Jones, uh, Keanu Neal, just to name a few, those guys were hurt last year. And those were huge. Those are huge pieces to their defense. So without those guys, they were struggling. And they lost all their quickness and speed that they've had the last couple of years. And it just wasn't there. Vic Beasley took a step back last year, McKinley didn't take that big of a step that they're hoping, the former first rep pick out of UCLA, everybody remembers McKinley coming up there doing that whole big speech on draft night, sort of scaring the shit out of, uh, I think it was Deion Sanders who was interviewing him, anyways, that's my little tangent on Tarkinius McKinley, um, Tarkis Mark McKinley, we're bad with names here, guys, um, but that's pretty much it. That's all they did. I mean, they gotta focus on their defense, so their defense has to stay healthy. But I'll give them credit. They put in absolute work on the offensive line. That offensive line is gonna look a hundred times different from what it did last year. They still have two good pieces in Alex Mack and Jake Matthews. Those are really good, solid pieces there for them. Um and you don't want to get rid of that. But their left guard, right guard, right tackle, is going to look completely different. At left guards are going to took they signed James Carpenter from the Jets or from the Seahawks. Or was it the Jets? Jets. They took it from the Jets. Um, he's a solid left guard for them. It wasn't great last year, but he's a solid veteran presence. And then they put some capital into that offensive line from the draft. And they took with the first overall pick, uh, with their first overall pick at 14, they took Chris Lindstrom, a guard from Boston College, who is uh, a worker. And they kept alongside that theme of straight up workers. And they used a lot of capital to trade back into the first round and take a right tackle on Caleb McGarry, who is one of my favorite players coming out of the draft. He was started for a bunch of years at Washington, and both of these guys, Lindstrom and McGarry, are just going to put a ton of hard work and grit into that offensive line, which they need. And, you know, then they sort of added a little bit of secondary help with taking Kendall Sheffield. um, And did they take that? No, they didn't. I was just looking at something um but yeah they took kendall sheffield from ohio state a lot of ohio state fans know that um he's good in moments he's quick uh he's a good player uh sorry i'm getting off track with the indians i really shouldn't put the indians game on while I'm podcasting but whatever so as far as the falcons go i think the biggest key for them is they have to stay healthy I think their training staff has to keep their defensive help defense healthy, and it's just a lot of luck that goes into it. I mean, Keanu Neal and Deion, Deion Jones losing to those two guys hurt them a ton, and they were sort of lost without them. Um, and they didn't put much else into it. I mean, they got uh, they got a lot out of Calvin Ridley last year. I think they even want to take they even want him to take even a step further next year. Um, I think they want Austin Hooper to take a step further this year maybe become a Pro Bowl tight end which I think he's more than capable of doing they need Devontae Freeman to stay healthy they just need their good players to stay healthy and they'll be all right in my opinion Um, but as far as their record goes I mean if you're looking at the roster right now I mean there's a lot of question marks if they can stay healthy and if Dirk Cutter can you know put his um, head coaching hat to the side and put back on his offensive coordinator hat i mean i would give them i'm gonna go eight and eight with an asterisk i think eight and eight but you have to look at it and think okay they could be better if their defense is healthy if their players are healthy but they'll be worse if they're just the same old falcons i mean matt ryan is still the same old matt ryan one of the best quarterbacks in the league so i mean and julio jones is still julio jones um and they still have, you know, a lot of good weapons offensively. And, you know, defensively, like I said, Vic Beasley and McKinley got to take a step up. Grady Jarrett was hurt a couple times last year. He's got to step up. Um, and they could honestly use some help in the middle linebacker core. I mean, they don't have much depth outside of Deion Jones. Um, but, yeah, I'm sort of getting lost in my own head here. Um, but, yeah, I think 8-8. Eight and eight, But if they're healthy, I think they'll be – I think their ceiling is even – Super Bowl caliber ceiling, I think, when they're healthy, if they stay completely healthy. Um, And then their floor is very, very low if they don't stay healthy. Because I think once once a couple injuries happen, everything sort of falls apart for the Falcons. Let's talk about... um, Baseball though, let's go to baseball. That's our Falcons review again. Eight and eight with an asterisk. They can go as high as their injuries take them, or as low as their injuries take them. Um, but let's go it's Thursday. We gotta do baseball standings, guys. Um, we didn't do it last week, so we weren't here last week. But we gotta get into it. So a lot, of, a lot has changed a little bit here and there. Um, the last couple weeks but just peeking over not much has changed at all more things change more they stay the same uh so AL east that's where we'll go again disclaimer it's 7 30 on uh wednesday and i don't believe any of these divisions will change and there's and there's two actually um that i would watch but just just to say, you know, these might be different in the morning when you're listening to it. But the AL East won't be different. The Yankees are leading that division by two and a half games. They overtook the Rays, um, who are struggling as of late. They've lost four straight. Um, Yankees haven't been great as of late as well. Um, they've been six and four in their last ten. So they're still trying to put it a little bit together with injuries. Um, but they have taken the lead in the AL East. Red Sox are still at three. Um, that division is sort of setting itself out a little bit more, too. The AL Central... The Twins are still leading it by ten and a half games over the Indians. The Indians, they have to make a push, and they have to make a push now. Um, if they really want to get, get into it and get with it with the Twins and get back into playoff contention, they need to win this series that they're playing right now versus the Twins. They won the first game last night. They got the next game tonight. We're watching it right now at 0-0 in the second, or the bottom of the first. Um it's tough cuz it's going to be a bullpen game tonight cuz of Carrasco. We'll get into that in a second, but if the Indians need to make a push, uh, it's going to have to be now. I mean, it's kind of nice as an Indians fan, you know, watching some meaningful baseball and you know seeing what this team can do when put under pressure cuz they got to start winning some games. But let's move on. We'll talk about the Indians again in a second. Houston Astros are leading the AL West by 10 games. I don't see much of a change there. I mean, we'll look at the wild card now. Um It it goes Twins, Astros, Yankees are the top three. And then two wild card are the Rays and the Rangers. And then the Indians are a game out of the wild card spot right now at the four. And uh, the Red Sox are tied with the Rangers right now. Rangers have the tiebreaker, though. So the Indians, you know, they still could get in theoretically with a wild card seed if it was later in the season. But we're going to try to win this division still, I think. I think it's still in reach. NL East, Phillies are leading that division by only a game because the Braves have won three straight, six and four in their last ten. The Phillies are four and six in their last ten, so that's heating up a little bit. Dead tied right now in the NL Central with the Cubs and the Brewers. Brewers took an absolute wallop on the chin last night. What was it? Fifth. I I want to see what the final score was of that game. Um, 16-0 Marlins versus Brewers last night. Ugly, ugly game. Um, So, they're still trying to figure that division out. And then the Dodgers are still leading by 10 games in the NL West over the Rockies and Padres. So, that's NL standings. As far as the Indians go, we got some news today that Carlos Carrasco is going to be put on the injured list for the time being. There's no sort of timetable as to when or where he is going to come back. Um, I guess from what I've heard, what I've read, he has been feeling pretty lethargic over the last couple of weeks. And you've seen it kind of in his game. Um, he's usually a happy sort of bubbly guy. And he's just seemed kind of down, I guess. And I thought it was just because you know he wasn't pitching that great. Um, but I guess it's some sort of blood condition that's going on right now. He's seeking treatment options. He's on the 10-day DL IL right now. Don't want to defend anybody with the DL. Um, no, I don't give a shit. Uh, DL, it's easier to say. 10-day DL right now. Um, and I expect that to go extend to maybe 60 because we just don't know when or where he's going to get his treatment or how it's going to work, how it's going to react on him. And this is a huge blow to the Indians because they are right now in the middle of you know trying to fix this team and turn it around. And last night was a huge win for them. And then just a gut, a gut punch last night. Um, I mean, this afternoon with Carlos Carrasco and with Corey Kluber out and Mike Clevenger. They have to do a bullpen game tonight, and it's just it's sort of becoming a mess. But And, you know, Jeffrey Rodriguez got put on the aisle, too, with, some injury, with an injury. So they really only have Polisak, Bauer, and Bieber to carry them on. I really don't think I want to see uh, – Cody Anderson pitch another game starting. I'd like to see him out of the bullpen, but that's my opinion. Last thing I wanted to talk about was Steve Blass. If you don't know who Steve Blass is, he's the TV announcer for the Pirates. Um, And he said something the other night which is uh, really dumb to me. Uh, So Ronald Acuna, they're playing the Braves, was up to bat. It was a 2-2 count um, versus the Pirates pitcher. I can't remember his name. Brault is his name. I, that could not be how you pronounce it. Whatever. They ended up hit, he ended up hitting Acuna. And it didn't look that intentional. Um, but the TV announcer for the uh, Pirates, Steve Bliss, Blass, said that he was just starting to mention, he's like, oh, oh, maybe it's because of all the jewelry he's wearing nowadays and all this stuff going on and all that. And, I mean, Acuna had one chain hanging out of his jersey. And he acts like he's wearing, like, uh you know, a rapper's timepiece. Uh, uh, was that guy? Mr. T, sort of big-ass chain. He's wearing one chain, one gold chain. And every single player does it. Um, so does it suggest that he, gets, he got hit because of that? I mean, that's just old man doesn't know what's going on right now in today's uh, MLB. But, yeah, I just thought that was sort of an ignorant statement that I wanted to sort of let you guys know what was going on. And I love Ronald Acuna. Um, and I don't really think it was intentional at all, but MLB draft still going on the next couple of days here. It's like a million rounds. Uh, I guess the cool thing, coolest thing I've saw, um, now that you get into like the or the 30s, you start to see, you know, maybe guys get picked for like, just, just for fun. You know, you see a lot of NFL quarterbacks get picked and stuff like this, um, in these rounds, but, uh, the blue Jays took, Brandon Holiday, uh, Roy Holiday's son, out of the draft. He's a pitcher. uh, And that's going to be kind of cool because he's going to wear 32, I believe, as well. Uh, Shit. Indians game. Um, But yeah, sorry. I'm just too focused on this Indians game. But I'm pumped up for the finals tonight. That's our show tonight, guys. We ask that you go into iTunes, no longer iTunes actually, you go into Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, rate, review, subscribe. Do that also on Spotify for us. Thank you to D's Home Cuts for sponsoring us. Follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 1-2. You send us questions, comments, concerns, you want to be a guest, whatever. Send us through the DMs, give us a quick follow. We will always DM back right away. Our DMs are open and we always follow back right away as well. So go ahead and check that out. We will be back Tuesday. Hopefully, Truman will be here. I'm not making any more promises anymore. Um, But uh, it was a good week, and we're going to have some ton of finals stuff to catch up on, maybe a little Stanley Cup to talk about. But we will obviously catch you all up on that on uh, Tuesday's show. But other than that, though, have a great night. Have a great day if you listen to us on Thursday. Um, And hopefully, this finals game. Is going to go be a lot better than this Indians game right now as they go down one nothing. But other than that, though, have a great day and tune in on Tuesday. Thanks, guys.